Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. All right, what's up, Bethesda? Are you glad to be in church today? Amen. Tell you what, let's just give the biggest praise we can for Jesus today. Can we do that? Hallelujah. But you guys are with me today. I'm excited. Amen. Amen. Tell you what, every time I come here, I am still yet shocked all that God's doing right here. This church is absolutely amazing, and I know that it's my brother, but I tell everybody he is one of the greatest leaders that I know. He is. Him and his wife, Karen, are just a gift to the body of Christ. Can we honor them and give them a hand today? If they're watching today, love you, big brother. Love you, sis. They are incredible people, and I am absolutely excited to come preach for you today. Uh, My wife is filling the pulpit for me back at West Logan Church. Amen. It's pretty cool. I came up here, did not plan this, but Logan All-Stars is up here, but they're coming to the 11 o'clock service. So they're playing here in Lewisburg last night, and they're playing again today. So they're going to be coming and uh, joining service. Some of them's like on my board and all that. It's kind of crazy. It's the third year straight. So I brought some Logan people with me by accident. Amen. Hallelujah. I think it's all awesome. But this bumper video that we just watched was is so much about my message today. They even said one of the key points in there, the word trust, and we'll get there later. But we are continuing this series today on the Holy Spirit. And I had went back and listened to portions of the message that Chad had preached because he said, will you continue that series? I said, sure. So I need to listen in. I want to see where you're going. But I was praying, and, and the whole time I had this word, but I didn't want to say the same things he was saying. So we're your good, amen? But two weeks ago, he talked about the Holy Spirit being a friend like no other. And then last week he talked about, I'll tell you, one of my favorite parts is a lot of people get confused on conviction, and and they they think that it's condemnation, but conviction is a good thing. And we should welcome conviction of the Holy Spirit in our life to lead and guide us. We need to know when we're getting ready to do something wrong or whether God's wanting to press in and do something more in our lives. So we should welcome the change of that in our lives. But today I want to talk to you on the Holy Spirit as far as demonstration. If I could subtitle this week, it would be Demonstration on Ordinary man. Demonstration on ordinary man. How many knows the Holy Spirit wants to demonstrate something in our life? Amen. He wants to manifest. I believe today is a divine encounter for you. I I believe that. And and, and I believe that in so many ways because I know what the Lord is speaking to my spirit before I even came. And then just watching the bumper video and just the worship, I said today is a divine setup that we are to be here together. Amen. So I want to read to you a scripture In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, says this, the Apostle Paul writing, he said, In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 
Let's bless the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask you to bless it today. Bless your people. God, hide me behind the cross today that every word I speak be from your throne. God, not only that, that you would bless those that hear your word today, that everything we have need of, we know you're the provider, God. So bring out to us what we need in this moment and in this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the Apostle Paul is a really big subject for us today, and I'm going to be using another man in Scripture that we don't, we know the, the story, but yet at the same time we don't refer to him often of how the Apostle Paul came to the place that he is. But here he is writing, talking about demonstration. That word demonstration actually means to prove, to show, to make evident, to confirm, and to manifest. That he said, I'm not coming to you with words of wisdom. I'm not trying to blow your mind. And the apostle Paul could. He could speak, some believe, 13 languages fluently, maybe even more. He was a very educated man. He could quote the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, word for word, verbatim. He was totally a man of knowledge. So he knew that if he wanted to, he could mess with people's knowledge and emotion. He could, he could arouse the emotion. And I think sometimes that we get too excited about just knowledge and wisdom. And don't get me wrong, I'm an educated man. I have a master's degree. I believe in education. Uh, we have our own school back at our church. I mean, we are actually bought a building, and we have our own academy from fifth grade up starting here this, this coming fall. So I'm a believer in education. But sometimes we can put so much emphasis upon just knowledge that there's no demonstration. I mean, I see it in the church world today that people are really thriving after gaining knowledge. and That's all good, but without spirit added, then we do not see any demonstration. You know, I'm tired of not seeing demonstration. I, I've came to the point in my life, I want to see the working of the Holy Spirit in my life, my family, my community, my region, my church. I want to see the Holy Spirit rock everything about me. You know, there comes a point that life can break you to the point you say, you know what, life can have all those things, but give me God, give me the Holy Spirit, and I know that I'm going to be okay. But all through the life of Christ and the life of the disciples, the scriptures and acts and in the writings of Paul, we find that God is a God of demonstration through the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we're looking at this today in demonstration on ordinary man, we need to be awakened by the fact that God moves upon every ordinary person. You know, I'm still yet at times, I'm not shocked, but I am shocked. But I look back, and I'm like, God, there had to be a better person than me out there. Because I'm as ordinary as they come. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, something goes beyond the natural humanity side, the human side, and then we become supernatural beings. I preach a lot to my church saying that we are a spirit first, and we have a soul, and we live in a body. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Our spirit is how the Holy Spirit connects with us. So we are actually more supernatural and more than beyond the natural than what we would even want to believe. But that's how we connect with the Holy Spirit, is our spirit connecting with him, and then there's manifestation. See, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Have I been taught that all my life? He is a gentleman, that he is not going to force himself upon you or make you do something that you don't want to do. I know that there's theology out there that will teach otherwise, but I believe that the Holy Spirit comes with a gentle knock, 
And as he gives us a gentle knock, we, we allow him or we open up the door and say, yes, have your way in my life. There's been times I've been white-knuckled against the Holy Spirit, holding on, saying, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I want to. And I believe some of you may be there today. You're like, God, I'll let you this far. I open up all these doors. But what about some of the doors that the Holy Spirit is knocking on that you've not opened up yet? That's where he's wanting to demonstrate his greatest supernatural power in your life. So we got to make ourselves in a place and ready to open up those doors. Since the beginning, God has moved up on an ordinary man. Adam, even after his fall, God moved up on him. Abraham went from a land of false gods to a land whose builder and maker is God. Jacob, a trickster and deceiver, seen the heavens open while he was on the run because God is a God of demonstration. And even Elisha was just a plowboy, but God gave him a double portion. Moses, a murderer, received a divine call from God through the burning bush. The voice of God came and demonstrated to him and called him to be the deliverer of God's people. David, a shepherd boy, was anointed by God. In fact, he wasn't even, in, he wasn't even good enough to be invited over when the prophet came to town to anoint the next king. He went through seven sons, and he's like, is there, it's got to be somebody else. Yeah, I got a, this young, ruddy, albino-type boy out on the backside of the desert. He said, bring him to me, and he was the one that was anointed. So when we're talking about ordinary men, and ordinary humanity, man or woman, that God still yet just wants to anoint us and demonstrate his working and his power upon our life. John the Baptist wore camel's hair as clothing, but yet he was the voice of God and the preparer of the way for Christ. Peter was a fisherman, but yet God used him miraculously. Paul, as we're going to discuss him a lot today, was a murderer and persecuted the church. In fact, his name was Saul, then changed to Paul when he had his conversion with Christ, but he wrote over half of the New Testament of the Bible. So God uses ordinary men. See, the ordinary is just ordinary until the Spirit of God touches it. There's been so many things in my life that was just ordinary, but then when the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit says, I want to touch that, I want to come in to that part of your life, and you back off and you say, okay, Holy Spirit, it becomes something more than just ordinary. So many things in my life were just ordinary until the working of the Holy Spirit began to breathe upon the ordinary and it became supernatural. See, the anointing makes the difference of our function from the natural to the supernatural. We all desire more powerful lives than Christ. We all desire a working of the Holy Spirit in our life. But what we don't need is more of the world that keeps us wanting. See, the world's always competing for that place where the Holy Spirit desires to be. Today, I want to bring light to something different, a very familiar scripture in the book of Acts, and we'll get there in a minute, but it's about a man by the name of Ananias. And we'll be going to Acts chapter 9 in a moment. Before we get there, let me just set a little bit of a foundation. So Acts 9... Nine represents the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
So it represents the power and the working of God. Ananias' name actually means the cloud of the Lord. This man that persecuted the church by the name of Ananias, uh, or I mean by the name of Saul, he met a man by the name of Ananias who was the cloud of the Lord, and Saul had a conversion with Christ before this time of meeting Ananias. But under this cloud of God, God was manifesting and demonstrating something so powerful that an ordinary man by the name of Paul that would persecute Christians and persecute the church. In fact, the book of Acts is all about the early church, and we know in every chapter, actually some believe, as they study it, that each chapter is like a year. So the book of Acts took place over 30 years. And this is probably around the seventh or eighth year of the early church. This man Saul is a persecuting the church. And one day he has an encounter with God, and Acts 9 opens up with him persecuting Christians. He was on his way to do more persecution towards the called of God and the disciples of Christ. And then that's when a light came out of heaven and the voice of God came and began to speak to Saul in that moment, who we know now today as Paul. Now here comes to the Apostle Paul, the way of Damascus. Suddenly a light of heaven begins to shine, and Paul has this amazing experience in God. In fact, it caused him to go physically blind. He had been spiritually blind so long, but in this moment, his encounter with God, the light was so bright that God allowed his sight to go for a moment. Instantly, Paul goes on a three-day fast, seeking God, asking God what to do. So here he becomes a man of prayer really quick. It's not that he wasn't a man of prayer because men like him prayed. They just didn't have a relationship with Jehovah God. He knew Scripture, could quote Scripture, knew what it was like to pray, but yet he did not believe that the Christ had came yet. He was still waiting on him, but it was the Christ that spoke to him when the heavens had opened. This is when Paul meets the cloud of God and Ananias, an ordinary man who is not mentioned before Acts 9 and neither mentioned after Acts 9, but this one moment he's mentioned in Scripture just an ordinary disciple of God. We don't see him being an apostle or a prophet or a pastor, but we see him as someone that may be working at the doctor's office or working at the school or just, just, just going in checking in at work and, and checking out at work, maybe a college student, but however he is the man that God chooses to use. See, God's looking for someone that's just willing today. Someone that says, okay, God, I, I need you in my life. You know, there's been times, I've, like I told you, I've white-knuckled. I've held on saying I can do it myself until it about breaks you. And then you say, okay, it's time. I've been hard-headed. It's time to let the Holy Spirit begin to work. See, he's looking for people that make the church part of their lives. He's looking for people that will serve in the church. He's looking for people that will do church life, but just not do that, but have a relationship with God while doing it because you can do ministry. You can serve and not be where you need to be with the Holy Spirit and God. See, you can be on your way to heaven, but not experiencing all that God has for you in the earth. I believe we have too many people trying to get by with the least they can in the earth towards the cause of Christ. They're trying to see how little they can be committed, yet trying to make heaven their home. We see this on the job site today. We see people, they want full benefits, full pay, even more than what their degree is worth. And 
yet not be fully committed or give all that they have on the job. See, people have minimal effort and they're desiring maximum reward. A lot of this comes into the church. See, God's looking for some sacrificial Christians, and I would call it this, and then some Christians, the ones that will not only sacrifice, but then they'll give some more unto God. A life truly laid down for the cause of Christ. See, some that will go the extra mile. What did the fire fall on in Scripture? Sacrifice. The Bible says that we are become a living sacrifice. If we want the Holy Spirit to move them, there's got to be sacrifices made. God's looking for you to do something and then to do even more because it's the then some and the extra that brings the fire. The rain comes when we make a sacrifice. The fire falls when we make a sacrifice. And Jesus is looking for the extra in your life. In fact, he even said it like this. If a man compels you to go a mile and carries back for him, you are to go the second mile without him asking. You become a second mile person. You become an and then some person. So we find Ananias was this and then some. While God was dealing with him and speaking to him, we see that he even had some questions about it because of who Saul was, who later became Paul. So let's look at it today. First thing is, is we need to become available. Have you ever been so busy that you miss some important things? I've been too busy before that I miss moments I wish I wouldn't have missed. When it comes to my kid, I haven't missed many moments. I don't, I, I can maybe one or two that I've missed, been out of town, but every moment I can be with him, I'm with him. Those are moments that I don't miss. I'm always available for that. Whatever it takes, I'm there. I believe it's God first, then my spouse, then my kid. I look at my son. I was like, listen, mama comes before you. Don't make mama mad. I mean, you will fight. I said, that's just a scripture way. He looked at me. I said, I love you, but I'm, I'm raising you to leave. I'm, I'm death do, to us, do us part with me and my wife. So he knows. I, I, I said, when you get married one day, your spouse becomes more important than mommy and daddy. You got to leave your mom and dad. So, but I believe you got to be available. But if God's the one in our life, I believe there's times that sometimes that we could actually allow something else to take more priority over God and we're not available for him to do that work in our life. Acts 9, 10 and 11 says, Now was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, not a prophet, not a pastor, not an apostle, but just a disciple, someone that attended church, an ordinary man. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. He became available. God called and he said, Here I am, I'm available. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. He's like, hey, this guy is praying. When I say Saul of Tarsus, you're going to know this is the guy that persecutes the church. But he is praying right now. I am dealing with him. I'm doing a work in him. And we see this faithful disciple saying, Here am I. God used Ananias, who is an ordinary man, who made himself available to the creator of God. The gospel had already reached Paul on the road to Damascus. And if an apostle or prominent person had ministered to Saul, people might say Paul received his gospel from a man instead of Jesus. So it was Jesus that gave him the gospel first. In the same way, God needs to use certain disciples and to do a special work through them. We think it's just the pastor or someone that has a prominent role in the church. But what makes the church 
It's just people that show up and get in the seats and begin to get their hands dirty and begin to serve. And they are disciples, whether it's on the job or whether it's in the house of God, they are disciples for God. But God has a special work for everyone to do. And we find Ananias was just that disciple. He just was the guy that attended church, that sat in the seat, that got his hands dirty, that served, that was willing to make himself available for the work of God. See, God has always used mankind like this because God loved people and God is into the people business. God simply wants to engage with you and I in a supernatural way. If we can look at God today and say right now in our spirit, okay, God, you're wanting to engage with me supernaturally. Okay, God, I'm available for your supernatural move. So we have a God who became available to us who elected to choose us and selected us for a purpose. One of the primary calls is, is for us to be in touch with the creator, our loving God. His power flowing through the universe is available for you and I. And we are to trust him. We are to obey him. We are, are to do according to his will. But can you imagine the awesome nature of our Lord? Can you fathom the power that is at our hands? Can you see the potential that you have when you make yourself available for all that God has planned for you? Sometimes we fill our lives with meaningful things or meaningless things when it's compared to Christ. There's so many things, yes, it does mean something. God has called me to live a practical life. But sometimes we can allow the meaningless things to come in and take priority over the relationship with God. See, I want God's church to be transformed. I want my life to be transformed. I want us to be a house of the fire of God. I, I want my life that I'm so available that his anointing is at work. Become available in God. How do you do that? You do that in your prayer life. Spend time with God. That's how you become available. You do it in your church life. Be available for your church. You do it in your praise. No matter how you feel, you praise. I don't praise God based on how my weeks went. I don't worship based on what I felt like this morning when I didn't want to get out of bed, maybe. I mean, I was excited to get out of bed this morning. I couldn't wait to preach at Bethesda Church. But you know what I mean? There's times that we may not feel like doing something, but I'm going to make myself available and give God my best praise and my best worship. Then I need to make myself available to others needing God. God's looking for availability today. Are you willing to say, okay, God, here, I, here am I. I'm available to the supernatural. The second thing is, is that we need to trust God. God's called us to trust him. In the bumper video, the man kept saying the word trust, that we need to trust him. I'm like, wow, that's huge. That's in my message today, and I did not share my notes with this guy. And I'm like, God's got something for us on the trust thing today. I believe in divine encounters. Today's a divine encounter. Acts chapter 9, verse 13 and 14, then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. In other words, I heard he persecuted the church. How much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority for the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. He's like, Saul's got some authority. He said, okay, God, I'm telling you I'm here, but I told you I was available before you told me the task. There's times that we make ourselves available because we know that he's calling us. But then when he gives us the task, it's like, oh, man. Wow, really? 
I can remember when God gave us our school building back in like December in 2021. It was a no-brainer. Like, this is such a good deal. It's crazy, but as time went on, I'm like, okay, God, where, where are you? We're in a building program. We really need you to show up on this. And it becomes hard. It becomes difficult, but it's just not with building programs. But it's with ministries, but it's just not with ministries. It's with marriage. It's with parenting. It's with our jobs. It comes a point that, God, okay, this is tough. Can I tell you what you have is tough today? God can handle There's nothing too big for your God. Come on, somebody. You got to declare that, that this thing may be tough, but there's nothing too big for my God. See, many times we become available, then the Lord gives us the task, and the task becomes very difficult. And Ananias recognized how tough this is. This guy could have me put to death right now. He could have me put in chains, put in a jail cell, and then martyred for the cause of you, Christ. But this word trust, he began to trust what God had. In the Bible, we find the word trust means to lean on, to feel safe, or to be confident. we got to allow ourselves to have times in the presence of God. When we continue to seek God, even past availability, and when things get tough, that it's in his presence, we're like, okay, I can breathe in his presence. I work out in the evenings. I go three or four nights a week, and I don't always eat right, but I like to work out. I know some of y'all might have it all together on that, but me, they, they, they tell me we're going to go to lunch. I'm like, okay, we go to lunch. But, you know, I, I work out four nights a week, but one day this week couldn't work out with my buddies. Uh, and, and I got a few guys on my church board we work out, and, and we just we have fun. It's a good connect time. But I couldn't get it together, so I went a little bit early that day. since so it's the only time I get this workout in. And I went in there, and I had some things on the table to give God. I said, God, you know the struggle. You see every end. And in that moment, by me just taking time to be in his presence in that moment, so much confidence came over me. So much trust came over my life. I felt more safer in that moment. I came out of there not just because it was arm day and my arms felt bigger, but I came out of there knowing that my spirit had been charged up with the Holy Spirit, and I was safe, I was confident that God could take on anything. Listen, your circumstance tries to keep you from getting in the presence of God. But if you can find yourself getting in the presence of God, you'll continue trusting him with the thing that you made yourself available for. Trust, being confident in it, leaning in it. God's looking for us to lean on him in a time of availability, to be confident in it. See, our flesh is uncomfortable in many realms in serving God. Our flesh gets very, very uncomfortable. Going deeper in God, we know it's God. Why, Why would we stop ourselves? But it's a part of letting go and us not having control. I like to know where everything's at. I have a structure to my structure. I have an agenda to my agenda. I have a calendar. My family don't operate by that calendar. My wife and my son are shoot from the hip. And they function good, and they have a lot less anxiety. But for me, I have a structure, and they tend to shoot from the hip and tear down that structure. I've gotten used to it through much prayer, 
through much availability and much trust in the Lord. But sometimes we got so much control on things that it's hard for us to let go. And that's why, even though we're going deeper in God and we know it's a God thing, but we still yet are white knuckled. It. We are holding on. We are gripping it. God's just saying, just let go and let me just for a moment. Let me show you how big I am in this season. See, when God begins to manifest himself, we have a hard time letting God have control. But that's part of the flesh of just letting go. We want all the answers. We want to know exactly when he's going to do it. Okay, God, I'll be here at 2 p.m. You're going to show up right then. It doesn't work like that. God says, you're going to have to walk this thing out. I want to show up when you don't even know it, but I promise you this. I will show up and I will get it done. Because that is the faithfulness of our God. There's one thing that I would fight right now over. I won't fight. Listen, I've never been at my fighting weight. I don't fight people. Okay. I don't. I don't. I never picked a fight. I don't even want to be in a fight. I'm not in the fighting. But I will tell you this. God is a faithful God. And I will defend his scripture. And I will defend his word. And I will defend everything he's done in my life, showing you that he is a faithful God, that he is not going to start letting you down now. Then he says in verse 15 and 16, but the Lord said to him, go anyhow. <laughs> go for his chosen vessel. He said, of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, king and the children of Israel, for I will show him, how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, God tells him to go anyway, but this is something wild. He said, I need to tell him how much he's going to suffer for me. You know, I, I love preaching the blessings of God. But anytime you make yourself available and anytime you trust God, can I tell you there's suffering? Doesn't mean he's not there, but there's suffering to this flesh. There's things that hurt. There's things that blow our mind. There's things that bring trauma. Trauma been a real thing. Sometimes there's more happening in our mind than, than is happening in time. I mean, we're having anxiety and different things. There's tough seasons. The Apostle Paul He's being called by God. He's making himself available as Ananias is. He's trusting God as Ananias is trusting God. But yet God says, I need to tell him how much he's going to suffer for me. And he did. He suffered a lot. I don't have time to preach all that. But this man shows us a life of suffering for Christ. And don't get me wrong. God showed up. Hundreds and thousands were saved. Churches was burnt. The early church became what it is today. And over the, half, the New Testament, what we study today is the Apostle Paul teaching you and I how to live this life for Christ. So yes, it's worth it all. But God said, Saul's going to suffer so many things for my name's sake. In other words, he said, yes, he's going to write over to half the New Testament, but yet he's going to be shipwrecked. He's going to, he, this is my man that's going to speak to kings, but they're not going to hear him. This is my man that's going to organize the church of the earth, but even some of the church isn't going to like him. This is my man that will let my spirit move and that I've anointed for such a time. And basically all these things were happening for him. He said he's going to preach my gospel without wavering. He's going to come to you not with persuasive words, but with demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. This man will, will write about the demonstration of God's spirit. All because he's available and he's trusting, but Ananias, I need you to be available and I need you to trust me. Now we come to the third part. The final part is that we need to go. 
not only do we become available, not only do we trust, but God's called you and I to go. He's called, called us to speak things. I went and watched, our church is full of sports, and I went about an hour and 15 minutes from where I live to watch our 9, 10, 11-year-old girls play an all-star game, and they won. They won to the States in Nashville next weekend. And we went there that night, and there's this young man that's playing college basketball for a D2 school. He graduated from the school I graduated from, and somehow I've connected with this young man. He's hilarious. He's an athlete. We, we have nothing in common, but we're both just goofy. That's our in common. And one day I met him because he wanted to do workouts in our gym at church and with kids. And I stayed there and talked to him for five hours and learned that his, his daddy's a Pentecostal preacher and all this, these different things. I'm like, dude, I didn't know this. I watched you play ball. I said, I didn't know nothing about you. Then after this, next thing you know, we was having Tuesday evening dinners until midnight. He'd come over to the house with the family. We'd be playing on a nerf rim and all these different things. But anyways, all this led to me meeting his mom and dad, which was after this 9, 10, 11-year-old all-star game in Barbersville, West Virginia. It's 9 o'clock at night. I'm tired. I know his parents are tired. His parents is 10 years older than me, but I like to go to bed. I was going to tell you, I don't, I don't like to be out late. He said, well, Buffalo Wild Wings will be the only thing open. I'm like, I like wings. I'll eat a few wings. We'll go home. I'm going to meet his parents. And I was excited to meet his parents. He was so excited about his parents and me and my wife meeting his parents. So we go. We eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. We walk out of there when they're closing at 11. It's 11.15. We're still standing in the parking lot. That's what preachers do. We talk a lot. At late at night, for some reason at weird times, a guy drives up, gets out of his vehicle. You can tell he's not a drug addict. You could tell that he's had a rough time in his life. But in that moment, he came to us, asked us for money. Some of my spirit said, give that man some money. So I gave him everything I had on me. It was like 31 bucks, okay? I'm not saying that for you to hand clap me, but, we, but then they gave him money. The young man gave him money. Another man gave money. So in that moment, this guy was just, he had moved from North Dakota to Huntington, West Virginia. Like, what in the world are you doing in Huntington, West Virginia from North Dakota? But he had fell on some very hard times. He had been trying to find a job. He met with Longhorn late that night, and he didn't have gas to get back. But he had a divine encounter with two preachers. He started talking to me, and I looked at him. I said, I don't give you money, but I want to let you know, first of all, this is a divine encounter because you're never going to find at 11.15 at night at the Barbersville Mall out back at a Buffalo Wild Wings while they're shut down two preachers. So we ministered to him at night. He let us pray for him. He probably showed up to church that that, that today. We'll be showed up to church at that guy's church that was there with me. I'm saying all that to say this is that we never know when God's going to show up and he's going to demonstrate something in our lives. But we need to be available. We need to trust God and know that God's up to something big in our lives. But we got to be willing to go and preach the gospel and mention it to somebody. The church is really the church outside of the four walls. It's when we're at the restaurants. It's when we're at Walmart. It's when we're on the job or when we're on a ball field. I'm telling you, I've seen God do more demonstration at those places than I have even sometimes in the church. And I've seen some awesome things in the church. But in Ananias, it says in verse 17, went his way and entered the house, laying his hands on Saul. Brother Saul, I like how it calls him Brother Saul. Conversion was killing Christians, but now he's brother Saul. That's grace, amen. And the Lord Jesus appeared to you on the road as you came, 
has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he was saved, but now he's saying, you need to be filled with the Spirit. A lot of you have been saved, and maybe you've been filled with the Spirit, but maybe it's been a while since you had a supernatural encounter with the Spirit of God. Are you going to become available today? Are you going to trust him and say, okay, God, okay, I need to let go of my pride I need to let go of whatever's holding on to me and say it's time for me to have a divine encounter with you, God. So we got to go. We got to be willing to be available to trust and then go. Obedience brings you to the place of demonstration. The going is just as much as an obedience thing as anything else. Sometimes demonstration is God manifesting in you. Sometimes demonstration is God manifesting around you. Sometimes demonstration is God manifesting on someone you're sent to. And I will tell you this, demonstration of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean I'm always feeling God move. Because I can watch him move on others and I'm just going out of my, my know-how. And then they will begin to be ministered to and tears begin to fall. And the Holy Spirit's there. I'm like, I'm glad they're feeling you, God, because all this is is availability and trust for me. But I'm willing to go. God has called us to go. He's not called us to be silent, but he's called us to speak up. He's called us to go to the needy. He's called us to go to the lost. He's called, the, called us to go to the people that he's placed in our lives. Ananias lays hands on Saul and gives him a word of knowledge, and we find it mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, that word of knowledge, but we can find that Ananias basically reads, Brother Saul's mail lay hands on him and told him everything about his life, his past, his present. I know who you are. I'm here to lay hands on you that you might receive your sight, just not physically, but spiritually. Things were opening up for him and that he would receive the Holy Spirit and demonstration on his life. See, three awesome things happens right here. And we see demonstration of God's presence in just one scripture. They'll come to the music today. Demonstration by Saul's eyes opening up. That's the first thing. He was blind, but now his eyes open up. Demonstration by Ananias giving a word of knowledge. Here we see the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Demonstration of God filling Saul with his Spirit. Another demonstration happening, all because someone decided to become available, to trust, and to go. Saul already been saved, but he is praying before Ananias ever showed up. Being saved doesn't mean that you have seen the full demonstration of the Holy Spirit in your life. Showing us that's so much more than just our salvation. That we need moments of God's presence and demonstration in our life. See, I want to burn hot for God in my life. I do. I want to burn hot for God. I, I, I want hot tears when God sees it fit to come. I want to be willing to be broken in his presence. I want to be the person willing to hear the gospel, willing to preach the gospel, willing to be taught, willing to teach. See, Ananias became available. He trusted and he went. There is a go in my spirit today. I want you to leave here today with a go in your spirit. In other words, are you thirsty? He said, then come. Are you hurting? Then come. Are you bruised? What's bruised you? Who said it? What happened? What situation? 
There's things that's bruised my ego. There's things that's just bruised my emotions. That I need to bring to God. What's hurting today? Are you messed up? Then come. I've been messed up so many times in my life. I just need to be messed up by the Holy Spirit is what I say. I just need him to come and mess it all up and do it his way. It might be best of the natural, but it's perfect in the spirit. Are you skeptical? Taste and see. Are you skeptical? Are you saying, I don't know if all this is real. Listen, this is the New Testament church that I preached to you today. God's just saying, be available. You're here, so you're available. The hard part is then the leaning in and the trusting, okay, I'm going to go. But then he gives the task. Then the task, you're like, okay, then I'm going to go all in, God. Don't question in your flesh. Don't allow the enemy of your soul or this world or your flesh talk you out of what God desires to do. I plead with you, man and woman. Give it to God today. Don't walk around bruised anymore. You don't have to keep hurting. You don't have to stay messed up. You don't always have to be in control. There, I said it. Give it to God. God wants my availability, my trust, and my go. Will you stand with me today? Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, I totally give you this moment. God, this whole time this morning, we've all given to you. We believe that this is a divine encounter of the supernatural for us now. Not later today, but now. God, you called us to a now. You're saying go now. You're saying be available to us. Go right now. That's what Ananias did. That's what Saul did. God, we just don't want to be aroused by knowledge or emotions, but God, we want an awakening of our spirit by the demonstration of your Holy Spirit. God, we declare, Lord, that pain must go away today. We declare today that there will be an awakening. We declare today and decree in this house that everything that's been bruised will now be healed, that everything that has been pierced with the wounds will no longer be there. There may be scars, but it's be fully healed. God, we thank you today that you're the healer of our soul and our body and our spirit. God, we thank you. you keep your heads bowed today? I want to talk to you today if you're lost just for a moment. If you're here today and you say, I need to rededicate my life or I need for the first time ever give my life to God. And you say, I feel God moving in my heart even now. If that's you today, will you raise your hand for a moment and just keep it up so I can see it. If you're here today, you need to rededicate your life. You need to give your life for the first time to God. Will you hold up your hand and say, that's me. Just hold it up so I can see it today. I'm not going to press here. I'm not going to press here. No pressure. I'm going to move along in a second, but if that's you, just lift your hand, hold it up so I can see it. Okay, then I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move forward. Everybody good in the house today? Here in a second, I'm going to give an opportunity for people to come and pray. And if I didn't see your hand and you want to pray, I want to invite you down to that. But if the prayer team, if they're here today, if you'd want to come on down today,
I know we have many people from the prayer teams who will be helping pray at the altar, but I'll help also. But today, I want to talk to you. That you say, you know, this message is for me, Pastor Scotty. I need a demonstration of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need to make myself available. I need to trust God in this season, and I need to go. And I feel Him calling me. He's wanting to do something deeper in me. But maybe something else with you, you might be hurting, you may be bruised as I've talked, but it's time to let God heal that and allow his spirit to move it, but maybe you've not went as far as you need to spiritually allowing his demonstration in your life. So this altar is going to be open for all those things today. I'm believing God for you. As every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and if any of those last things I just mentioned was for you today, that you need to go deeper, you need to make yourself available, you need to trust, you need to go. Will you raise your hand and say, it's me, God's speaking to me today as a Christian, as a disciple of God, that I need to do these things. And yeah, I need healed, I need healed from being bruised, I need delivered from the circumstance that I'm in, that is my life, and I need God to move. I'm asking all that, that raised their hand or maybe didn't raise their hand, if you'll come and let us pray for you today. Let's go into worship and let's join this worship team today, this morning, as we begin to pray for these with needs today. So will you make yourself come on down today, make your way, if you don't mind, letting God move in your life today. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.